Well, to see you all here this morning and to be together to worship and fellowship. And uh, we're so very glad to have the visitors we have this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. We want you to know you're always welcome here, and we sure hope to see you many more times uh, in the future. Children, I want to tell you that I need uh, to show you this. I've got this for all the children, so I'm going to start doing something, and every now and then I'm going to do this. It might be a Sunday morning. It might be a Sunday night. But if after church, when I announce it on those days, those times I announce it, if you can come up and tell me one thing you learned from the sermon, you will get a special treat. Sometimes it'll be a fruit snack. It might be some coffee. It might be a sandwich or a lollipop. There's no telling. But for now, I've got fruit snacks until I end up eating them all because they're in my office. I should keep them somewhere else. But, uh, <laughs> but after church, right after church, meet me up here and tell me one thing that you learned from the sermon. So listen carefully and uh, you'll, you'll have plenty of things uh, to choose from. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. I think that's an interesting passage, and we're going to look at that idea today, that children are our heritage from the Lord. And we'll look at the whole chapter there, just a few verses of one Psalm 127. But we're going to talk about the blessing, the gift of children in our lives that God rewards us with, that he gives us. Comedian Brian Regan uh, told a joke one time as he was opening up saying that he and his wife had two wonderful children and another kid. <laughs> and then he went on to say that if most of your kids are good, you're doing fine. <laughs> And then he said, I'm just kidding. We have two wonderful kids. He only has two, but, uh, you, you know, he, he brought up something that, that uh, you know, it, it's hard raising kids sometimes. It's a challenge, isn't it? But children are a blessing from the Lord. Children are uh, definitely one, uh, rewards from God. They're our heritage. And we love our children, don't we? Whether they're just doing great right now or not, no matter what, we love our children. So Psalm 127, let me give you a little bit of context about this chapter. This is one of the songs of ascent. These were songs that the people of Israel sang as they traveled up to the city of Jerusalem three times a year for worship. The city of Jerusalem set higher up. It had a higher elevation. So from everyone that lived outside of the city, when they traveled to Jerusalem, they were going up. And so Psalm 127 through 134, those 15 psalms were songs that they sung as they traveled. Maybe you've sung songs with your kids as you've 
gone on a trip or on the way to school or something or maybe on the way to Bible class. You sing uh, Bible class songs. It's that idea. These were songs of worship that helped them uh, uh, remind them of things, to strengthen them, to uh, strengthen their resolve. They were like us singing church songs. They were singing these songs of worship and remembrance and faithfulness and praise to God as they traveled to Jerusalem. Now, they really helped them focus on not so much being at the temple where God's presence was at that time, but the idea of being in the presence of God. Do you see the difference? So it wasn't about as much we're going to a place where God is, is reminding us that we are in God's presence and God is with us. They were, that's the kind of songs that they were. And so each one of these songs of ascent have a theme to them. And the theme of Psalm 127 is that God's blessing is on man's effort. God's blessing on man's effort. That's what the theme is. And so when you read the passages, you realize that God is saying something about his blessing on our efforts. Okay, Now, Solomon wrote two psalms, and this is one of the psalms that Solomon wrote. So look with me at the first two verses, verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 127. And he wrote, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, he says to the farmer, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And really verse 1 sums up everything in this way. Unless God remains at the center of all of your efforts, of all of the things that you do, your labor is in vain. It's meaningless. It doesn't have the meaning and, and, and purpose that it does when God is at the center of all that you do. You can achieve great success in the workplace and in life. You can rock, climb the ladder of success. You can get those uh, 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 promotions. You can get those raises. You can have the status. You can have the importance. You can have the degrees and you can have the influence and the, the power and all of that. But if God is not at the center of your life, Solomon is saying it's meaningless. You can have enough money to do all the things you want to do, to go all the places you want to go, to have all the things you want to have. But Solomon is saying, unless the Lord is at the absolute center of your life, it's meaningless. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord uh, watches over the city. See, even the farmer needs to understand that it's, it's God who blesses his toil. That God has to be at the center of all that we do, you see. And so he sets it up in that way 
And then he gets to verses 3 through 5 where he moves on not talking about the building of homes or the building of cities or the, you know, the building of your crop, but the building of a family. You see, God created family. Go all the way back to Genesis where God blessed Adam with Eve, male and female, And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He blessed them. God created, designed, invented, gave us the family. And then he gives us his word to know how this family ought to function and how we should guide ourselves and what we should believe and do. What is this supposed to be about? What is important in the family? And so this psalm of ascent, Psalm 127, is reminding the people of Israel, God's people then and God's people now, that God must be at the center of all you do if it is uh, to be truly meaningful and especially eternally meaningful. Listen to verses 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Now, I sincerely doubt that my parents thought my brother and I were a blessing very often. Kenley mentioned that not long ago about his experience. And I thought, well, we must be cousins or something because I know my parents sometimes thought they were cursed with the two boys that they had. My sister, not so much. But with Jake and Josh, oh my goodness, they had to worry, what had we done wrong? You see, my my parents weren't always crazy. They weren't always crazy. My brother and I did that to them. (laughs) It's our fault. They didn't deserve that. We drove them to the brink of madness. That's what we did to our parents. And so I'm sure many times they thought, what are we going to do with these boys? Uh, Paul Sherrow, preacher Paul Sherrow in San Angelo, had, has three brothers, and he's talked about that. He said one time, they, lived in, they grew up in Abilene, and he said one time uh, they were out at Wilhare Park. If you're familiar with Abilene, Wilhare Park is off Ambler there. And they were starting fires in Wilhare Park and ended up starting a massive fire in the entire park. The uh, fire department's out there and everything. They bring the boys home. And their dad, who was a preacher and had served in the military, took them in a back room and was spanking them so much that the mom was crying. She goes to the door and she says, honey, you got to stop. They're going to take these children away from us. And he said, leave me alone. Nobody wants these boys. (laughs) Sometimes parents wonder about the blessing that they've been supposedly given. But we know in our hearts, even though when things get challenging, when things get difficult, when things aren't going uh, as perfectly as we would like for them to be, we know that we love our children deeply. And we know that they are uh, absolutely 
a blessing to us. Children, the Bible says, are a heritage from the Lord. That word heritage that I put up here, it can mean possession or property, but it also means gift. And so, obviously, you have a legal responsibility for your children. Uh, but th in this context, heritage means a special gift from God. That's what the psalmist is writing, that children are a gift from God. Someone might say, well, I didn't ask for that gift. And God would say, yes, you did. Yes, you did. It, I didn't just do this on my own. You had a, a part in this. But it means they were a special gift from God. And so what that lets us know is that we either see our children as a blessing or a burden. And how we see our children, how we view our children, do we view them as a special gift from God or do we just view them as a burden? That will affect how we raise our children, right? And, and, and maybe some people, uh, there are people who are raised where they, they just feel like they're a burden, that their parents don't recognize them as a special gift from God, and that's sad. And, 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 and every child growing up in a Christian home ought to feel like they are, a, they are a gift from God because their parents show them that. That doesn't mean they get everything they want and get to do all they want, but they know that their parents love them with the love of God as best they can. The Bible also says that children are a reward and that the, the children are a, the fruit of labor, that they're a reward. What does that mean there? Well, when the Bible says that they're a reward from labor, the fruit of labor, that reward word there means wages. In other words, what you would get paid for working. Well, what labor did you do to get these children? Well, and most of the time, unless we're talking about adoption or something or foster care, the mother labored to carry that child and then deliver that child. And remember from the garden when, when, when uh, Adam and Eve sinned and, and what did God say to Eve? He said, childbirth's going to be tough now. It's not going to be easy. You're going to feel the pains of childbirth. There's, there's labor involved in carrying the child and delivering the child. Those of you who are older, before there were the, 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 the medical care that could make it easier, you, you went through the whole thing, you know, unfiltered, without extra help, and, and without the epidural or whatever. And so you got the full effect of that, perhaps. And so they're the fruit of labor for the, the husband and, and mother, but mostly for the mother. And so, you, so when that child is born, the fruit has been rewarded, that special gift from God. Do you see that? So if you see your children as gifts from God, then you'll seek to raise them to be devoted to God. Because you're thankful for the gifts that he's given you. You're thankful for the reward he's given you. And so the Christian in the Christian home, Christian parents seek to raise their children to be devoted to God. Now, we know in real life, parents make mistakes, don't we? And, and children eventually will choose their own way. 
And, and listen, all you can do is the best you can do. That, that's all you can do. And guess what? Tomorrow's already happened. I mean, <laughs> no, it hasn't. Maybe in some multiverse it has. Yesterday has already happened. Tomorrow has not. You can't do anything about yesterday. You can't rewind the clock and go back and change that and do anything about that. All you have is today and tomorrow to do something, maybe to do something differently, maybe to do something, uh, 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 change the way you do a thing, to help raise your children to be devoted to God. Maybe they're still young in the home. Maybe they're out of the home. Maybe there's grandparents, uh, grandchildren. Maybe there's great-grandchildren. But all you have is today and every tomorrow that God gives you to see these children as a reward, as a gift from God, and to do your very best. And you can get burdened with the past and, and just wallow in that. Well, if you do that, guess what? You're wasting today that God gives you, and you're wasting tomorrow that God gives you. So make the best of, all, of every day of the time that you have and say, well, whatever happened in the past, I've got now. I'm going to work on now and I'm going to work on tomorrow every time God gives me tomorrow to help point my children towards God. That's the best we can do. We'll say more about that in a moment. But I want to encourage you, don't ever, ever give up as a parent. Verse 4 uh, gives a different metaphor. And Solomon says that children are like warriors' arrows. What does that mean? Well, you see, uh, arrows and archery units were critical to armies in those times. They used archery uh, on foot, on horseback, and even in chariots. They were a critical weapon in armies of that time. They were essential to be successful uh, in battle. The psalmist's choice of arrows as a metaphor for children is important to us today in how we view children. Children are like arrows. And what do you do with arrows? You shoot them. No, no. Some of you are thinking, oh boy, I can start over. No, that's not what I mean. You're going in a different direction. I don't mean you can take, out, take your kids out and shoot them. That's not what we're saying. Shame on you for thinking that. That's what some of you were thinking. But you shoot arrows. And what the psalmist is saying is that you pull back and shoot, propel your children forward into the future, so to speak, ahead of you. Because they're going to go into life ahead of you. You see, they're going into the next generation beyond your generation. That's what they do, and so you're to raise them as God's gift and, and God's reward so that they can be propelled into the future as God's reward, as God's blessing, and, 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 and to do God's work. They are the future of your family, that heritage. They're the future of your family, and they're the future of the Lord's church. And so we've got to be, uh, we have a responsibility with the reward and the gift that God has given us in the Christian home to prepare them for 
the future, you see? And, and so that's why we need to take advantage of everything we can to help prepare them to be propelled forward into the, into the next generation. And so what are some practical things that just make sense to do? Well, obviously, worship, coming to worship, Bible class, uh, uh, youth group and youth activities, uh, VBS and, and summer youth series and our summer uh, series for the children. See, those are the things that help prepare them now to be who they need to be when they're released, when they're shot forward into life, you see. And, and that doesn't mean that uh, we don't have responsibility in the home. We've got to, that's just in addition to what we do in the home to prepare our children. We want our children to be more faithful than us after us in, in, in their life, to pass on the faith. They can't pass on a faith they don't have. We've got to raise our children to put God first, to be devoted to God, and, and pass on the faith to their children. Arrows fly ahead of you. They're vital to our future. Your children will fly forward and still be out there even after your generation is gone. That's what faith development looks like in the Christian home. And that's why we've got to take it seriously. You know, our children are growing up. And those of you who have grandchildren and great-grandchildren, uh, you can probably say the same thing. I can't believe it's gone by so fast. You know, Joyce and I now have two high schoolers. That just doesn't even make sense. How did that happen so quickly? And I know we're, we're right there in the mix of it with many of you. Some of you have younger children, but many of you have grown children and you have grandchildren. And you probably feel like it's gone by so fast. And probably you wish in many ways you could rewind the clock and have time back with them. A friend of mine in Abilene had two girls. And uh, I remember when they graduated and all that, and he would say, I wish we had a lot more kids. It went by too fast. I wish we had just had a ton of children. I miss them. But they had grandchildren and that sort of thing and loved being around them as well. You see, this world, this culture is bombarding our children and our youth with so much. We've got to do everything we can to prepare them to withstand that. Doesn't that bring to mind Ephesians 6, the armor of God? We've got to help them learn how to wear and use the armor of God. You see, everything we value is a gift from God, isn't it? Think about all of the blessings that God has given us. But there's only one blessing, one gift from God, uh, that heritage, that reward, that you can take to heaven with you. That's your children. You see, you'll leave all your stuff behind. You're going to leave all your property. You're going to leave your truck behind and your dog. And that sounds like a country song, doesn't it? You're going to leave your boat. You're going to leave all your stuff, your money, everything you have, you're going to leave behind when, when you leave this earth. There's one gift that God, one blessing that God gives you to use the words of Psalm 127.3 that you can take to heaven and that's your children we got to do everything we can to get them there. Now listen, they may not be, uh, to use the, the arrow metaphor, they may not be flying straight right now. And that's difficult. 
And that hurts you all the time. You never stop thinking about that. And you pray about that constantly. They may not be flying straight right now. But guess what? You hold on and you keep doing your very best to point them towards God because you don't know when that wind will blow and they'll get back on course. You don't know. And right now, maybe it doesn't look like there's any interest at all in, in God in their life. You don't know what God is doing. You don't know what might happen in their life to turn their heart back to God, to aim themselves at God. So don't give up. Now, children, you know what? There's a very slight chance that your parents aren't perfect. In fact, if you've lived with them any length of time at all, you've already figured out that they're not perfect. But that doesn't mean that God is not real. And because your parents mess up doesn't mean that you cannot trust God and that you should not put your faith in God. Your parents love you and all they want for you is to live for God and get to heaven. That's all they want for you. That's, if, they, if they had to tell you one thing that they want for your life, that's what they would say. They care about your education. They care about your work. They care about everything else in your life. They care about your sports and your hobbies. But what, is, what matters most to them is that you go to heaven. So because they might make mistakes or fall short doesn't mean you can't put your faith in God. It doesn't invalidate the truth of God and his word. One time when I was in middle school, my dad told us kids, my brother and my sister, to come into the living room. He was going to start uh, doing a, a family devotional with us. He had one of those older picture Bibles, and he was going to read us a story, and we were going to talk about it. And we grew up going to church. I loved going to church, all that we were there all the time. But we never did that. We had never done that before. And just as a middle school kid, that was the weirdest thing. I mean, that just was so weird and awkward and uncomfortable for us. And so we sat down, and he, you know, reads us a Bible story, and then he goes to ask us some questions about it, and he couldn't get two words out of us. You know, it's just was, it just we didn't know how to, I mean, I, it shouldn't have been that way, but it was. And so I'm sure he, he, he looked at that moment after the fact and thought, what an absolute failure. Like, that was terrible. And guess what? We never did it again. Now, I'm not trying to say anything negative about my dad. What I'm trying to do is encourage you. Because you know what? Even though everything about me, the way I looked, my, you know, you know, wouldn't talk and we didn't interact and it seemed like we didn't like this and it was just too weird and awkward. On the inside, you know what was happening in, in me? I was so proud of my dad for doing that. I loved it. It was awesome. And I wished he had kept doing that, to push through that external, uh, uh, you know, facade that he saw, the weirdness that it was for us until it became normal for us. And so I just share that story to encourage you to do the same thing, to speak about faith in God and the Bible in your home, Deuteronomy chapter 6, right? So I appreciate him for doing that. 
even though I wish we had continued to do that. So I, I say that to encourage you. Do that even when it's weird, <laughs> even if it's awkward and uncomfortable. You see, what we do is we, we have to aim our children at the proper target. What is the proper target? Heaven. Heaven is the proper target. That we need to take our children, pull back the bow, and aim them, our arrows, at the bullseye of heaven. And so the only way to do that is to start with you, to aim yourself at heaven. You see, when both mom and dad are active, faithful Christians, the children in every study conducted have the greatest chance to grow up to be faithful Christians. And so therefore the single most important thing you can do to help your children be faithful is to be faithful yourself. And I know that's ideal and that's not everybody's situation, but it doesn't, you be faithful yourself and never give up. You say, well, my situation isn't ideal. I wish if it was only this, you be faithful and you take advantage of today and every tomorrow God gives you so that you can help aim your children towards heaven. Point them in the right direction. So I want to ask you this morning, are you aiming yourself and your children towards heaven? That's what we want to encourage you with this morning. Focus on those things. Aim yourself and your children towards heaven. And if we can help you with that, maybe you need prayers. Maybe you've let the wind blow you over here and the waves blow you over here. And you've got to get yourself flying towards the bullseye. Let us help you this morning. Maybe you haven't been aimed towards heaven yet and you're ready to talk about becoming a Christian and you're ready maybe even to become a Christian this morning to put on Christ in baptism. We encourage you to do that today. You don't know how many tomorrows you'll have. If we can help you this morning in any way, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing. And we walk with God.